0: hundred minutes five hundred twenty five thousand moments so dear five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes how do you measure measure a year in daylights in sunsets in midnights in cups of coffee in inches in miles in laughter in strife
1: minutes How do you measure A year in the life? How about life?
2: Good evening Jennifer Good evening Ed Good evening Josh Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed You can find us online at Gleeful Podcast On Twitter At Gleeful Podcast, I'm at Josh Burnell She's at JDB Creative He's at Edward Giordano, we are here tonight to discuss the quarterback season three episode, or season five episode three of Glee, entitled "The Quarterback," the farewell episode to Cory Monteith and his character Finn. Um, we're just going to dive right in because I really don't know how to start. Uh, it was, um, yeah. Well, let's let's just dive right in. Let's let's. Uh, and
3: I and I think I mean the. The best thing we can do, and and I have a feeling it would be that way anyhow. But we're we'll probably take a key from a cue from the um, the episode itself, which I have to say, I they to me they did the absolute best thing that they ever could have done with this episode. I really think that they really. Um, address the the uh, memorial aspect of it and you know i I think that they just did a really fantastic job with you know celebrating the life of a character and um at the same time a human being
2: yeah i mean it's an interesting situation that they are saying goodbye to a character but I mean, Finn was so close to who Corey Monteith was as a person, and we as viewers are so close to Carrie Monteith as a per- Corey Monteith as a person. And thinking of, like, other actors that have died while a show was on the air, I mean, John Schneider getting written out of West Wing in, like, season four, it's not quite the same um, as this, you know? And, and particularly to us, the fans... Yeah um it, it it's 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 interesting i mean watching this episode was you could see the care that you could see the actors that were more affected than others in some ways um you could see you know the struggles and the parallels between their their characters and their um uh and their real life and selves. their real life selves that said i mean it it was also very um you know it did have some really funny moments and it did uh really try to bring honesty to the situation and and so in that way like I thought it was re- it was really well done um as an episode uh yes so Jennifer as an episode what did you think of the episode
3: I I thought I thought they did an amazing job and I I think they were so smart uh, to not address how the character died because I think that would have taken focus away from their ability to memorialize and and heal and mourn and um, support each other like I, th- I, th- I think trying to uh, give the character either say you know the same death as the person or, a different death i think it just would have become so distracting and the fact that you know right off the bat kurt says you know everybody wants to talk about how he dies but it doesn't ma- how he died but it doesn't matter because we really just got to focus on how he lived and right there i i think i like it was the first time my my throat just swelled up and i was like okay they're you know uh, smart because you know we were all trying to hypothesize how they're going to do it you know, is it going to be a PSA that goes nowhere? Is it going to be a PSA that comes out of left field? And it just was really smart, really brave, and really honorable, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, when that happened in the episode when, they, when Kurt said, you know, it doesn't matter how he died, I... I had this kind of... Like a light bulb went on and I went, oh, wow. That's the only way to do brilliant. it. brilliant. Like yeah. any other way. Like, God forbid they try to cook up that Finn had some drug addiction that we didn't know about or that he get killed by a drunk driver or right. that he... Something happened at school or that he committed suicide. I mean, you're heaping on so much stuff that we're going to require you to explain away and then we're going to continually be comparing and contrasting to what we actually know happened to Corey. And they just kind of... Um. Well, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, and
3: you're right. It would have taken away from... It would have taken away from everybody's ability to... Just remember this great person and this great character.
2: Uh, Ed, what did you think about the episode?
4: I thought it was great. There was... It was funny. It was sad. It was angry. It was... Everything... I... I it like in so many ways Glee does a terrible job with addressing big issues but if this (laughs) they they, like from the uh, inner monologue with Kurt to the to like how everything was handled how the characters reacted to the song selection I thought I thought everything was like A plus I paused a bazillion times watching the episode not because it was terrible just because I was like oh god I need to take a break from this for a moment <laughs> yeah it,
3: it was it, it was it was very very personal and
4: yes that, that's what made it so successful because yeah. as uh, when we first found out he died it's uh, as I go back to the remembering uh, Finn Hudson episode that we did was like well it doesn't feel like he died to me yet is what I is what I said then but now through the personal struggles that they that they shown the light through with the different characters. It's it's like it's like it's really like we lost him. We understand the emotional impact. We understand how how meaningful he was as a person to their characters. So it's and, and as a person to their persons. So and I thought I thought the minimum rate uh, Leah Michelle Rachel Berry was actually a, a very smart move. I know it'd be very easy to to not go that direction. But yeah, totally. I I thought I thought literally how everything was handled, the Carol reference, it, like what uh, what she brought to it, Ugh. like there, there wasn't there wasn't anything there wasn't anything wrong. It was, I mean, this I think it's to say it's an Emmy worthy episode would I almost feel is an understatement, yeah. To 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 its ability,
2: I mean I, I I agree with you in large part. I mean I didn't think it was a perfect episode. Um, I was particularly annoyed with i thought all the stuff with um puck and uh dot marie jones coach beast were was really flat and some of the actors are not as good as they needed to be for the weight of the situations yeah Um, i mean
4: but but it was a realistic his what his actions were at least in part somewhat realistic. Oh, absolutely! Oh, yes. I think I think in the
2: character. intent the intent was very in character, and I think that's why it succeeded it succeeded in the end was that the intent of everybody's everybody's actions seemed very appropriate. You know, on a show that oftentimes characters will do things that make no damn sense. I I, I thought that largely all the characters were acted as we expect them to behave with a couple exceptions. So we can talk about later, but yeah, for me, it was an imperfect episode, but Glee has always been imperfect. And that the thing I have to give this episode, what I kept coming back to both times I watched it was Glee used to be fearless. Like, whatever its mistakes, whether it, like, win or lose, Glee used to be a fearless TV show. And I don't think it has been for a while. I think they've been hedging their bets a lot. I think they've been introducing storylines that are on the cusp of being, you know, brave and then dropping the ball. Um, And this was a fearless episode. I think this was an episode where they didn't shy away. They didn't shy away from the hard answers. And, and, And they really went at it, I mean... The scenes with Santana and and oh, Coach Sylvester see. were, inc- or Principal Sylvester, yeah. were incredibly affecting. I mean, you know the the way that every character mourned in their own way. I mean, it was an episode about mourning. It wasn't an episode about a death. It was a episode about the survivors yeah. of the tragedy, and that's kind of unheard of on tv i mean it's much easier to be narcissistic about these types of things and to just talk and just like play clips of finn for an hour and i I mean uh and i I know some people would have really enjoyed that and admittedly like the show might have could maybe could have used a clip here and there but it wasn't about finn it was about the survivors it was about accepting and and you know finding you know what you're going to be next and And so everyone mourning in their own way, that's, that's fearless television. That's fearless storytelling, and that is what we've been lacking. So in that way, I think it was really successful.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It didn't even occur to me. It's like, yeah, there were a couple of moments when I thought, oh, well, you know, it's cool that they're talking about what he did, but, oh, it'd be nice to see it again. But that's kind of a cheat. That's sort of... That's sort of like an easy way out. Not not cheap, but it's sort of like an easy way out. But you're right. It's like listening to people recount their stories and what it meant to them and how he impacted them and how now they're going to, you know, live and learn from that or, you know, with either joy or regret because it was all across the board. Yeah. And that's so, you know, real life and so hard to except but it just it is it's very it's very real and you know I'm like it's like you know hands down I'm gonna give this an A plus again I did not I didn't think they could do it this well and I'm so glad that they did and I'm proud to still be doing this show <laughs> and to be able to you know to to be able to praise them whether or not they even hear this but I just it's I just they were so smart and honorable, and um, it's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I wish it could have been a two-hour show because I would have loved to have heard, you know, Kevin McHale, you know, and I'm gonna personalize it more. It's not just you know Artie. Like I would have loved to have heard Kevin McHale, you know, tell a story, or you know, oh, no, uh, Sam, I can't hear his name, or or Blaine. You know, it's like I would have loved to have heard more people's side of their their story and their you know the impact that you know finn had on them yeah i mean but there just wasn't enough time
2: on the list of like actors that really look were visibly affected in scenes i mean obviously leah um right was really was really strong but i totally agree with you ed i think that the limited use of rachel as a character and lee on the show if lee was in every scene it would have been so distracting we as viewers watching her go through that it would have been incredibly hard yeah and so yeah i i i honestly think that was an incredibly good decision um looking i mean watching kevin's face was incredibly hard to watch so hard um and, you know, it, it was interesting how so much of the original cast came back except for Diana Agron and Heather Morris uh, were the two people that yeah. were lacking in the cast. Um, which, you know, there's all kinds of BS speculations on the Internet, none of which is confirmed or founded or whatever. So don't believe you, anything you read on the Internet. Okay. But was, We're on the Internet. Don't believe us. <laughs> don't believe us. And we
3: don't exist.
4: Um, I th- I thought, I mean, <laughs> I think there is a longstanding Dagron Murphy feud. I don't know why. Like, yeah, but there's nothing either, to support
2: that belief.
1: Like, I don't know. I don't know why writing. there would
4: be, but I mean, I be- like knowing what I know, what happened to Dagron's character throughout the years, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it.
2: You're yeah. just kind of like reading through the writing and being like, "Well, yeah. she's been punished so many times, but but she's been punished without giving the rewards. Like <laughs> not
4: like, she wasn't even given the satisfaction of like a comeback. Like oh." time for your comeback. No, it's like, oh, you're better ignore that you ever got hurt. Please.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like her her character had to go through all this stuff and then never had the, you know, chance to, you know, physically or emotionally redeem herself. I don't know. There's just like so many different things, but anyhow.
2: I mean,
4: the (laughs) the only thing that would have been more insulting than Daggeron not being invited is if that that one kid from season one who dropped out before oh, season Mike. Two. <laughs> no, was Mike, it? If no, he, if it was, he was invited in back. That would be the only thing yeah. more insulting to Dad <laughs> not being invited oh, if was was he? he was invited.
2: Like to have Jonathan I mean, Groff show up. Uh, <laughs> Brody, who knows? Yeah, not. Brody walks oh, God, in. Brody's no, like, no. "Hey, he taught me a lesson." Um, <laughs> So so we yeah. should talk a little bit about the plot lines of the episode themselves. Um, the, the, they did start off with I Stand by, or I'll Stand By You, which you had brought this up in an earlier podcast, Ed, how it would be interesting to have an episode where people are kind of recreating Finn's biggest songs. Um, unfortunately, that's not what happened here. That, I honestly think that would have been real, a really cool idea. But we did get uh, one version of I St- I'll Stand By You by Amber Riley, Uh, So let's take a listen to that.
4: Before we get into this, Uh she for like, I don't know if it's the post Dancing with the Stars effect or what, but Mercedes looked fabulous and like a star for legitimately in my mind, which I know this is probably terrible. This (laughs) is the first time I felt that way. You could could yell at me on Twitter all you want. I'm sorry. No, no, no.
3: I mean, actually the actress has been very vocal about the amount of weight that she lost even before she went on to Dancing with the Stars. When you say post, did she get
4: kicked? See, like,
3: there was a
4: level of confidence behind her yeah. eyes that I have not seen from her and on Glee honestly, before. The,
3: fact, yeah, I mean, that and the, the genuine sorrow. That's the other thing, too. I mean, this is so hard because it's not just watching people, you know, act being, you know, sad that they've lost a friend. These are people who are living it, and I feel kind of intrusive watching some of their genuine reactions in in, in dealing with his death. So,
2: yeah, there were definitely there were a lot of genuine. I think reactions. there's
3: yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, she's there's a maturity to her. Yes, she's lost weight. She looks amazing. Um, but there is this this genuine loss and pain in her eyes that I think really comes through
2: let's take a listen to I'll stand by you this is amber Riley here on the Golipo podcast
1: stand by you, won't let nobody-
2: So, um, I think one of the interesting things, just to kick it off, we opened up with Kurt in New York, kind of giving a recap. We actually opened up with Seasons of Love, so I guess we could talk a little about Seasons of Love. Um, I know that's gotta be oh, the- that was
4: that was rough. It was just like I was like, oh god, this stuff is really be terrible. Yeah. Uh, they they definitely kicked anything. it off. Yeah,
2: I, I mean that has to be the most requested song in the history of our podcast. Um, in, go-
4: in glee, kind. Yeah, yeah
2: I, it's funny because I don't actually particularly care for the song, but I thought it was well done and it was really pretty to see.
4: Well, it was. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna say that they like. I think the reason they didn't do it is because it was such like up until this moment was they like, well, everyone's expecting it, so we can't do it. But yeah. this was like, like it it was it was fitting, good themed, like yeah. uh, I mean, good with the theme. It yeah, it
2: couldn't so have been better.
5: Yeah, totally.
3: It was it was very appropriate and it was so impactful and the the emotion and the reverence and the you know the the message of it really came through. I mean that was the thing. I've we've all heard this song a bazillion times and it's a lovely song. But seriously, I don't think I ever listened to it or watched it as intently as I did. Which one tonight? Or
2: Seasons of love or, yeah. or- well, I mean, of love. the way
4: they did it the way yeah. they did it, it's like you didn't even have like it was just it was good on multiple levels they they didn't even explain that the characters were there because no, the song the song to. set it up.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is it was uh, a lot of a lot of things that I liked about this episode. There wasn't a lot of heavy handed exposition. Like we all know going into this episode, what's going on, so things can be said and you move on. You 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 don't have to be spoon-fed a lot, and it can just be done in a way that we get it, we share the moment, and we can, you know, go on to the next.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, it, it it's kind of what that song was about.
3: Yeah, you know? it was really beautiful.
2: Uh, So we opened up with Seasons of Love, and then we went to Kurt in New York, and Kurt kind of recapped. It was, I thought it was a really nice touch that they had played it where the funeral was three weeks ago. Um, I don't really know how that puts that in the, t- puts it in the timeline of the last two weeks of Glee that we cool
4: year is never ending.
3: Back. Well, we're going to skip three weeks. We're going to, we're going to skip three weeks because of, you know, in reality, baseball playoffs. So, so when it starts up again in a month, it'll be the next episode without yeah. skipping a beat.
2: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. So yeah, that kind of works. Yeah, I mean, but I thought it was a nice touch because it it really does put the characters in the same frame of mind as the performers. Like, if if we were to see Finn die in this episode and then just spend an entire episode at the funeral...
3: Watching everybody reeling. Yeah, it
2: would just be, like, an hour of reaction shots and an hour of people, like, just dealing. Whereas this was really an episode about morning and then the transition out of morning into and to see that all happen in one hour to see like the realization the shock the morning and then the transition out of morning that would be this is just too much for an hour like there's too many things going on so i really like this touch of like picking it up you know mid-processing of the event which is kind of where we as an audience is and so i thought that was a really an incredibly smart yeah, story I, decision.
3: And actually, I, being as you know, <laughs> self-centered as I am, apparently, <laughs> I thought they were doing that for us. Like, I really thought because, honestly, because yeah, but for, for similar but different reasons, if they had, you know, gone through the whole, you know, retelling of him passing, and then everybody's reaction, like I feel like that would have been like dragging us all back. Well,
4: there, to w- that. there would be. There wouldn't be. I, the, that first shock value, you can't sustain that for. Well, you can sustain it for an entire episode, but it wouldn't be effective. And this, right. and, the, and the time difference allowed you to, like, feel the like the, like the like him like when you first hear someone's dead. You're like, well, I mean, obviously it's terrible, but you don't you don't know how it affects your life at that instant until you're back to your life.
2: That's the point. That's what
4: I'm trying to So they're they're at the stage where they're back to their life. And they're like, wow, my life is affected.
2: And they're starting to realize what life is without this person.
3: Which is kind of where we're all at, too. And I think, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, so for me, I was thinking, oh, that's really very um, thoughtful of the viewers. Because now we don't have to relive it. But it also, again, knowing that these actors wouldn't be just acting and to have them have to relive like their initial you know shock and pain would be very like sensationalized almost kind Mm. of unfair and sort of morbid so i really i i mean it's horrible i cried so hard last night and today i just you know I'm, i'm i'm sad and i'm a little emotional but i'm not it's like last night was very healing, and I really feel that they helped that. So
2: that's a it, it. That's a very good point. It. I mean, because it was an episode about healing, and it wasn't about death. Right. Um. It. It did. It. I did feel, you know, like like we'd kind of moved something through something, like we'd gotten some kind of closure on it. Together. Um, I had tweeted after the episode. Uh, I had written. I held it together until Shu got the jacket yeah um and people were like oh man i was crying way before that and just so you guys know like i i didn't say i wasn't crying well before that i'm saying i held it together (laughs) like there it was it was there was a certain catharsis to this particular episode um just kind of going through some of the different uh plot lines that we had um kurt came back to lima and he uh had a pretty amazing scene with Bert and Carol. We did get to see Carol again. It was a very long scene. I mean, we're talking like a three, four minute scene or five Mm -hmm. or six minute scene um, of Bert and Carol kind of going through everything, uh, looking back at the lamp. I mean, Carol's line about like, after you lose a child, you're still a parent. You just don't have a child anymore. Like just an utterly heartbreaking moment. And then... Bert's thing about kind of reprising that lamp and being like, I wasn't teaching him any, anything I was teaching myself something and he just happened to be the person in the room. Like to reprise, I mean, in a way I felt we were kind of putting to bed all of these Finn plot lines and just kind of saying like all these little thing, like we're just putting little cappers on, on Finn and I mean, quite frankly, I don't think we'll hear about Finn again until the last episode of the show. And so I would hope that they'll at least mention him in the last yeah, episode. I mean, I but I don't think we're going to hear about Finn again anytime soon. And I really think that this was kind of just a way to kind of put closure on his more significant moments and his more significant contributions.
4: I'm like imagining someone... Twenty years from now, watching the show for the first time, and it's just like, and just being like, what? <laughs> yeah, well,
2: yeah. Like, I
3: don't get it. What's yeah. the big deal? People. Die no, no, no. On I mean, like, 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 like,
4: when did he die? When? What?
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you, if you were to be, if you were, if you were watching this and not living it in real time, I think it could be really bizarre. Yeah. To be like that's such a significant character to just drop. Yeah, in like who who? Who wrote that character? Oh God! Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of shows. I was I was um, reading something yes or the, yeah reading something last night where it was just saying like there's not a lot of shows that have lost this significant of a character, this central of a character. I mean, w- during I, yeah. thinking about Bert's comments where Bert was saying, you know. I wasn't. I wasn't teaching Finn a, a lesson about tolerance. I was teaching myself one. Finn was how people learned lessons. Like Finn was kind of the punching bag mm-hmm. by which, for like he screwed up or you hurt him, right. and in so like you know that's how Rachel I mean, learned I mean, her the, lessons. The, the, the first episode
4: hits. was shoe framing him for the marijuana, and that was the basis for Finn was used as a scapegoat for other people's problem solutions.
2: Yeah. From the yeah. very first episode. From the very first episode. Yeah. And,
3: she never, even, episode. Yeah, and she, she never even got the opportunity to come clean about that. Did, he didn't, did he? Yeah, no, he, he, did. Did.
2: he did. He did. He didn't, oh, okay. had a And he, oh. and, yeah. And she, and Finn was like, you're so much cooler than I ever gave you
3: credit oh. for. Well, yeah. but and it's like, and I don't remember who said it. I know it was somebody, um, when we did the first podcast we did after we found out about Corey's passing, um, Somebody said, you know, there's there's no glory in being the person who says all the wrong things and, and does all the wrong things. And he took that role with a great sense of responsibility and grace. And it's true. And, you know, the fact that, you know, they acknowledge that even once and for all, just to kind of put it to bed, because, you know, we'd been to so many Q&A's and we've been to so many panels where people kept saying, you know, Finn was not, you know, persecuted enough for his homophobic rant. I was like, but...
2: I don't remember that panel. <laughs> I oh. remember the other one where the guy was like, I don't think Finn did anything wrong in that scene.
3: No, there were other people that... Just, and then I think it was even Chris Colfer who said, you know, the the characters had their, you know, they had their discussion after the fact and it was done. So, I just... It was, again. I think the 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 writers. I mean, we even said this a couple of weeks ago. We did not envy the writers approaching this episode. I think they did an incredible job, and yet, like, yeah, they touched on certain things. They revisited certain things. Some of it was, you know, painful and awkward. Some of it was kind of humorous, and um, but all of it was very uh, respectful and. Honorable to the the character it, the was, it
4: was. I just loved how real It was yeah. I think yeah. more so than Anything it's yeah. just, it was just also Real
3: well Yeah <laughs> I just yeah I can't even imagine I can't even imagine yeah,
4: was, I, for, all failings, so all, for all the failings For all the feelings that the Glee Writing staff has had throughout the years Cough season 3 Yeah uh, <laughs> um, There I don't I'm not saying this makes up for it But it's right.
2: They did a very. They oh. didn't drop the ball this time. No. like One time when they really needed to not drop the ball, and they didn't drop. The
3: ball. It was again. I was very happy to say to several people tonight, "We're doing the Glee podcast. That's where we got to go right now."
2: Yeah.
3: I'm, you know, I'm happy to be here right now. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, a couple other songs they did. They did perform "Fire and Rain." This was mostly uh, with Cordover Street on the lead and some. Kevin McHale. Kevin
5: McHale, thank you. so beautiful. Wow.
2: Uh, so here is Cordova Street, Kevin McHale performing Fire and Rain, uh, written by James Taylor, here on the Galifo podcast. I've seen fire
6: and I've seen rain. I've seen sunny days that I thought
1: would never end. I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend
6: But I always thought that I'd see you again
2: Won't you look down upon me, Jesus? You gotta help me make a stand You just gotta see me through another day
7: my body's
5: aching and my time is ahead. I won't make it any other way.
1: Oh, i seen fire
2: and I've seen So it's fire and rain. Uh, and talking about some of the other characters in this episode, uh, we did have the return of Puck in this episode, and he had some uh, interactions with Coach Beast. Puck kind of... I guess thrust of his character in this episode being that um, he really had looked for Finn, to Finn for guidance and that with Finn not around, he no longer had anyone to kind of uh, point him in the right direction. Um, this was the one that didn't work for me. I thought the intents were correct, but Mark just couldn't carry it. And some of the writing was really clunky. Um, but I mean, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see, you know, this character kind of cracking. Like, we've seen some cracking from Puck in the past. But this was the most specific, you know, the, the, the most Puck has really cracked. And I just, I love Dot Marie Jones so much. Like, it's such a travesty that she'll never, she'll probably never get a character this tailored to her like this great. You know, I think she's so good. and I love having her on screen.
3: I mean, it was it was great. It was great to see that they had each other to turn to. But yeah, I mean, I really have a hard time criticizing it, again because I don't know what the actors are going through, like I, as people. But
2: yeah, but I mean, you can criticize. Scenario, like when he delivers that line, I know. Like I can't stop start crying because I'm afraid I'll never stop. Like yeah. it was just not.
3: But well I mean, done. like okay, but. Okay, so as awkward as that was, when he says, "Well, I wish I did have the jacket," because I, you, I, I don't have anything of him. Like he is his best friend, and no matter what yeah. they've been through, it's like he's not the one that people are going to first go to and say, "Oh, well, here we want you to have this." It's like no, that goes to his mother and his brother, and then his girlfriend, and then his ex girlfriend, and and so on. Yeah. and uh, you know it's like he feels like he it doesn't have the right to claim ownership of anything and so it, because he doesn't have any other way to articulate it he you know lashes out another way by stealing the tree so I mean it's like I get it It's, but again I can't I cannot sit here and say oh wow that actor was really not good because
2: I I don't Uh, think it was only his fault. I think it was also very poorly written. Right. right. His particular stuff, for whatever reason, was kind of oddly, like, awkwardly written.
3: And I wish that, you know, Shannon had somebody else to commiserate with and not just have to be the person who reacts to Puck, because I think, you know, she herself probably had more that she wanted to express and, um, you know, turn to somebody for comfort to, but here she was just left as the, you know, it was like, well, she has, somebody has to comfort Puck, so it's going to be her.
2: I'm impressed you remembered her first name. I totally wouldn't. Uh, Oh, Shannon? I couldn't remember that. Um, It's a really pretty name. uh, Ed, what did you think of uh, Puck in this episode? See, everything that you say so far
4: is making a lot of sense. I I guess I was too upset to be that critical when I was watching it. Yeah. That... That, that his reaction was just a nice change of pace from lo- a lot of other people's reactions yeah and that's that's what that's something that's that was what I was thinking but you're you're right it was a little clunky
3: yeah but I mean I mean e- you know either mark sailing or puck they're probably not gonna have the easiest time you know expressing their grief and but you, know, you made, you made a great out. point
4: Jen that he isn't he isn't in the line of people that you would yeah. call and commiserate with.
3: Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of sad.
4: That's a really valid point that should be... It's,
2: that. it's interesting. I mean, you make a very interesting point about the nature of mourning, how, like, the show did kind of hit on the different people that come into play in these things. There is kind of the rock, like Mr. Shu that really has to mourn last. Mm-hmm. There's characters like like Puck where just people kind of forget that they even know how to feel pain. And then people like Santana that are really ashamed of feeling pain. And it's everybody kind of in between, you know, the Kurtz of the world that aren't afraid to feel that, uh, kind of get lost, you know, kind of get, or that, that get all the attention while the other ones get forgotten. Um, and it's so, yeah.
3: And then you find yourself, well, (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and and then you turn to the Tina's. Like, like, so, like, you you have, you know...
4: You, you have oh, God, black. I
2: love Tina's scene with oh Emma. My God. I, so that, that was the scene was, in the show. I hated that scene. I didn't understand that at fun. all.
4: It was, it was funny. I thought it, it was, was funny. funny. Oh. I thought it was funny was, because it was mean, short. There need
2: to be some funny. I'm sorry. It, I, I thought I, it was, it was so it was mean. Like, it was mean to Tina, though, that they would portray her as that selfish but the they, thing is if you think yeah. about the way
3: tina's been portrayed over the last you know half a season this is very much in line with her character and i think it was just that moment of like okay listen we need a little comic relief here
4: <laughs> all right it's like
3: who else you wanted to be
4: Are giving exactly relief? No,
3: Josh. so but i mean you know <laughs> she wasn't I'm not saying Jenna. <laughs> I'm not saying Jenna wasn't really feeling pain and and, and wasn't doing it in a selfless way, but it, it's very much in line with the way Tina has been lately. And mm. the fact that Emma had three brochures. It's not all about me. Wait, yeah. am I being insensitive? And what was the other one?
2: The other one was when like, to "Stop talking." When to, when to, ta- when to stop oh talking? Oh my god, that's the best. I, fan it was play.
3: brilliant, I and it. honestly. What was that whole scene? A minute and <laughs> a half, and I think it was. Yeah, it was. It was, it was
4: worth the ninety seconds. It was, it was Josh. Perfect. So, mm.
2: hey, it's just my opinion. You no, know, I know. You I'm know. sorry. I'm sorry. I know. But, I know, but we're we're <laughs> gonna jump on you for it. <laughs> okay. I, I deserve it's it.
3: It's not. It's not often that Ed and I agree. <laughs> but I just, you know, again, you know, like Puck's character, you know, is always gonna feel like he's never gonna have the right to lean on other people yeah. or, or just you know maybe you know it was too macho or strong to lean on other people so I feel as exaggerated or awkward as it was I feel like both of these scenes made sense or both of these storylines made sense
2: well let's um let's take a listen to uh Santana or Niavera's soul in this episode this is by Da Young um As performed by Naira there here on the Gleeful Podcast. Oh, God. <laughs>
8: send me away with the words of a love song. Uh oh. Uh oh, oh, oh. Lord, make me a rainbow. I shine down on my mother. She'll know I'm safe with you when she stands under my colors. Oh, yeah. Life ain't always what you think it ought to be, no Ain't even gray, but she buries her baby The sharp knife of a short life Well, I've had just enough time If I die young
2: Time. Ed, what were you saying? About uh, what? About this About song. What? Oh, this song is just so sad. I mean, oh. it's,
4: sad. it's sad in general. When I, <laughs> when I sing along to the song, I'm already sad. But now, now it's like connected to this.
2: <laughs> it's funny because um, I, I I like this scene a lot. And I thought Santana's storyline, it was a little too close to Puck's take on it for me but I did like that it was very Santana and that um, Naira Vera uh, while in desperate need of a sandwich uh, did very well and, and I thought she performed all of her stuff in this episode really well I thought like her acting Are you really came
4: that out she's malnutrition she is so,
2: she is spooky skinny, yeah. like she turned sideways and disappeared She's um, gorgeous. She, not, she was gorgeous last season when she ate food all the time. <laughs> this season, she apparently thinks that protein shakes are a meal. Um, but the thing Those that have, protein shakes have lots of calories. <laughs> they are. <a> meal. Um, <laughs> I hate this song. I hate this song top to bottom. This is why. What? It, has a, it has a very pretty melody, right but the lyrics of this song are so narcissistic. Like the lyrics of this song are all about like. If I die, this is what I want you to do to me. This is how well, I want my death to be. Hang on. But death has nothing to do with you. Like when you're dead, it's over. Like whether whatever you think about an afterlife, that's between you and what you believe. But as soon as you leave this mortal plane, like it's not about you anymore. It's about the survivors. It's about the, the people that are left behind and what you gave them and what they took from you. But it's not about you. And so this song is like, if I die young, it's still about me. Like, it's all about, like, these are the things I want you to do for me. It's just totally narcissistic. And I just, I can't take it. I, I don't know. This song just bugs I, I me. I mean,
4: it, I'm not, I, I can't disagree with your statement because it's obviously true. But, I mean, there's some there's something to be said for the respect of your, of what you want with your with your body after you're gone there must like you can't just discount that wholeheartedly can you i mean you i mean but
2: it's not about you like i don't think it has anything to do with you i think that uh, honestly you can make all the requests you want but it's it's really like after you're dead like the people that that you leave behind are what's important you're gone you you had a great run of things like you did your best and and or you hopefully well, you hopefully. did your best yeah. and hopefully but, you, know, you, you left you, behind you want something to take, great
4: you don't but... take their wishes into account at all like no of all? course you
2: do of course you do but what's most important is the survivors what's the most important <laughs> thing is people not, they're they're
4: not, it's not saying
2: that but it's, <laughs> kind
4: of important. It's,
3: it's just I, and i I think, well, Josh's critique is of the song, not Santana's character. Well,
2: I'm, ta- the- I'm, talking, I'm still talking about still Oh, yeah, I'm not talking I about Santana. Yeah, we'll talk yeah. about Santana's character. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about Santana's character. I thought yeah. it was lovely. I thought it was a really nice touch, and, and I think it was great. Add Santana's character in the episode. What would you think?
4: I mean, I, I I when she screamed at the end, it was just like, it was really, I, I like that a lot. A lot. I mean, I love Santana in general, so I mean, it's, it's, I guess it is me <laughs> to be critical of her. I am biased, and I do enjoy that song the Van Perry. So uh, it's, it's Santana, Santana did fantastic, and I. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, as you said, the their reactions were kind of similar to Puck, but unlike Puck, who was clunky, Santana was the unclunky version of that. I would have liked to have seen. Like it feels there's a part of me that feels like the Santana reaction wasn't complete without the unholy trinity. So, and I, and that, and I mean, that could be true or not. So, you know,
2: it's, that's funny because as she was going through that, I, I did feel like something was missing. Like, like she didn't look right, you know, like where something's wrong and you can't put your finger on it. I think that that's kind of what it is, is that we never saw Santana by herself. Santana was always with, some version of the unholy trinity, be it all three of them or at least one of them, yeah. and so yeah, and she kind of looked
4: or, lonely. I was she was with Rachel, and Rachel wasn't even there most of it. So it's yeah. like she was mm-hmm. really, yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I cannot, I can understand. <laughs> Again, this is where, like, to me, the you know the lines of the character blended and blurred too closely with the lines of the actual people, and it's like. So the characters of Finn and Rachel and then, you know, Finn, um, you know, having sex with Santana and Rachel claiming she had sex with um, Jesse but didn't. And, you know, like that whole storyline was very messy and uh, uncomfortable. And, you know, the fact that we were able to hear from her character about a very personal and in sensitive and uh, you know a, a gentle story that you know she was relaying about him, not just like oh he you know empowered me and oh he led us and all this stuff. Like she 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 was able to convey a story as a character again, not the, the real person, but she was able to, as a character able to share this experience that we never saw as a character, but we can understand and we can can believe based on what we saw of him as a character and, you know, what we, you know, saw them experience together. The only thing that, and maybe this, because it was so, so controversial at the time that it happened, like, there was part of me that was hoping that she just said, you know, and I forgive him for outing me or, like, I never blamed him for outing me. Like I don't know. Like again, well, we can get into the I semantics of the really sentence. You just said. I really don't want to. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still, you know, like I, 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 stand by my, you know, my, um, I, 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 I love this episode, and I don't, I don't, I don't think they did a single thing wrong. Of course, I wish it could have been longer, so we could have seen more, and that would have been one of the things that, like, oh, I wish they could have also hmm. addressed. Don't not saying it had to be addressed. Not saying it should have been addressed. I'm just saying, you know, like oh, in a perfect world, if we had more time. And well, I I have a
4: question. Will Will Finn be in like non sequitur, throwaway lines from these characters throughout the season? Like, is that going to happen, or or is mum's the word?
3: I I think he'll come up. I think he will. I think he'll have to, especially now that his picture is hanging. I, in there. Th- I think it should come up. It yeah. should come up. And I think, like, you like, know, like, kind of, you know, not to, you know, you know, make a deity of him, but just to say, like, hey, well, you know, what would Finn do in this situation? Like, okay, like, here, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're down or against the ropes and get cliche. cliche or order or like,
4: someone, you know, someone like. Like asking man. like, Oh, Rachel, who are you seeing? And then Rachel put
3: <laughs> <turns> out. <laughs> no, I don't know. Like I don't think it'll huh. I don't think it'll get too personal. Like maybe maybe, you know, like in her struggles to move on, it's like, you know, Finn would want you to succeed, Finn would want you to, you know, be happy. You know, like it might come up, but I don't think it'll be like a major, major thing.
2: So my 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 answer to your question is um Ed, is uh how much did Finn get mentioned in episodes one and two and how much was he missed?
4: But he wasn't, but he at that, at those moments he was living in a world where he was just in college. I mean, it wasn't, it was just every, every day life. And with, if we're going to, if we're gonna include Mark Salling in anything, it's going to come up, but I guess Mark Salling isn't a regular. So I guess that's, that is true. I'm sure <laughs> you, might intentional. Right. Like, I... you might be right. You might be right. But if Mark Selling was a regular character, like Santana, Kurt, Rachel are, I feel like there would be a different answer. We'll see. I
2: know. Well,
3: I think, honestly, I think if think if if Corey Monteith, I believe, if he had finished rehab and was going to take a little bit of time and then come back, I think there would have been a little bit of foreshadowing about... You know what would be happening between him and Rachel, but I think because they knew before they filmed episode one and two that he was not coming back, that I think that they intentionally did not address it. I think otherwise. They- yeah, oh,
2: definitely, they yeah. intentionally did not address it, but I think they will continue to intentionally not address it for the rest of the season. I can't. Do you want them to bring it up? Like it's gonna be heartbreaking every time they no, bring it up. I don't want them to bring and it up. And this it's... is a comedy show. At the end of the day, I don't want
3: them to. I don't want them to bring it up. But I do think they have to realistically acknowledge that this person had an impact on this person's life. And if something happens, well, maybe it was because of this.
4: I mean, I mean, I, I want I want a scene of, of Rachel picking up her iPhone 5S, <laughs> going to like and. Like, after she heard some great news, going to call
2: Corey, and she does, She can't. I think that would be want. a great scene. I hope to see that scene as well. Yeah. I don't think we will, but I hope to see that scene as
3: and well. Then, and I don't... I mean, there's only so much, I think, that should be asked of certain actors. You know, um, again, oh, based maybe, on their maybe, real let's
4: relationship. See, let's see. I, I, I hear what you're saying about Lee Michelle Rachel Barry, but yeah. she's... She's, like, the one that would be doing that. Like, right. would be referencing right. him the most. And, and I totally understand why you would not want her absolutely. dealing with it, but I don't
3: and, know. And I'm sure it's, when, you know, when, and this is this is just to get a rile out of you, but I'm sure when, you know, Kurt and Blaine get married, they're going to, you know, have, <laughs> I mean, have, I'm not not have angry a chair or raise a glass. No, it was a joke. But, I'm not mad yeah, married. You know,
4: I am disappointed for Kurt because he doesn't seem happy. <laughs>
2: That that is all that I'm is, saying that is shall say. I think
4: that's the whole claim thing yeah. Do, do I do I get hate mail for, about the claim thing? Because I don't, I don't. No, I, well, not that I
2: have read. Everybody loves you,
3: Ed. About, Nobody hates yeah. you. No, yeah, no, you're no. the only
2: person who never gets hate. Mail. <laughs> you
3: never. You cannot say anything wrong. Actually, that's
2: not true. Jennifer's the only person who never gets hate mail. Oh please. Ed and I get it. Ed gets it occasionally. Somebody I get it mostly. On Pinterest. Most of it's for me. <laughs> no,
3: it was it Pinterest or Instagram? I got attacked on some other like outside <laughs> forum, and I was like, what the heck?
4: I'm sure. I just. I imagine there's. There are people out there who are like, Klain is OTP." Oh, of and, course,
2: and but everybody you, gets everybody
4: your point. Insinuate. I, I just Kurt, Kurt doesn't seem happy. But if uh, he was but, happy, I would be happy.
2: Everybody gets your point. Like, every, like. You know, it's you're fine, Ed. Like like Yo-David 6 disagrees with me on everything out of principle. Like <laughs> just just like, you know, he thinks the sky is red cuz I called it blue. I love you, Yo-David 6 I'm teasing. <laughs> you. Um so let's uh, before we leave Lima, uh we should talk a little bit about Sue. Um Sue was interesting in this episode. Her like kind of uh may a at the end where she was like I I was pretty mean to that kid. Um That was, I mean, it was, that was hard, man. That was, I really, so, you know, there there is that classic cliche that is entirely true that is bad people never die because as soon as you die, you become a saint. Like, it's very true. Um, If if there was anybody I kind of thought still had a genuine ax to grind with Finn, like still had a right to be pissed at Finn, it was Sue. I mean the thing he said about her daughter, like as much as he apologized when he was insensitive and lashed out, it was usually Sue. But the, um, yeah. so there was a part of me that kind of like if we're going to be playing the capper and being, you know, honest about who Finn was as a person, that I mean I thought if anything, Sue could kind of be like, you know what? he was not incredibly nice to me. That said her scene on the couch, she was like, I was really mean to him. And, you know, and she said, uh, I don't really care about people. I just care about him and I can't have, you know, I'll never be able to tell him I'm sorry. Like those are, those were very real moments. And, and it really does seem like, um, like Jane has really had a hard time. You know, she's done more talking, like she's been know, more in interviews. Public. She's been yeah. more public with her grief than anyone. um, So, you know, those were that that was very real. Like, her, I thought I found her stuff to be quite touching. And the
3: thing is, yeah, Finn, Finn was in most cases the person who was most pushed to the brink to be then forced to lash out and be insensitive. Like, he never would have said any of that stuff to Sue. If she didn't, you know, heap, you know, barrage of insult after insult after insult. Yeah. Similarly to what, you know, Santana did to him when he lashed out.
2: Yeah, they they pushed him and pushed him. And then when he pushed back, they got mad.
3: Exactly. And not that what he said was any worse than anything that they had said to him. But they just knew it was true. And, you know, therefore, you know, took offense. So... I get it, and especially, you know, again, <laughs> in my belief that, you know, Sue the sensitive educator this year, or deep down in her core, I I, I can absolutely see her, you know, I- I- as much as she would torment him when she said, you know, I looked forward to the next 30 years of pushing him and writing him and challenging him to be the best educator he could yeah, be in her way yeah. in her way I, quite sweet. I genuinely believe that yeah
2: well Ed any thoughts on Sue um in the teachers lounge I
4: I like Sue's line even though I'm sure I don't know well whatever. you um, like your
2: Sue mean I li- you like your <laughs> mean Sue
4: I like Sue She's but like mean Sue, and she, naughty. what she said about like when like, making fun of people is what she does when she mourns, and it just <laughs> coincidentally is what she does when she isn't mourning. That was a great line. It was, it was, it was a moment of humor, and, I mean, like, we've, we've been discussing reactions, I feel like, a lot. But it's true, it's true. It's like, it was, like, it, it was a coping mechanism. A coping mechanism is to make fun of someone, like, in that, mm-hmm. like, it is, if so...
3: And it's like laughing when you're nervous or sad or uncomfortable it's It, 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 it just manifests itself in a, in a different way
4: it's a so outside your comfort zone that you have to react
2: yeah yeah
4: and you and, and if you're not like hardwired to react or you don't even know what how to react, yeah. it just comes out in a way that may seem insensitive or wrong or something, but it comes out like because it needs to come out,
3: yeah and we're all taught. Not to cry, because cry means you're weak or a baby or, you know. So we. I I hope.
4: I hope. I hope the modern psychology is discouraging that sentiment, but I don't. I don't know. I don't think that's
2: possible. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, holding back your emotions to a certain extent is really the only way to survive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well i mean
9: the world is
2: but, pretty but, messed up
4: but, but following up. it up all the time is not the correct answer either there is a gray medium answer that is yes, the answer.
2: absolutely yeah. absolutely and um, if the answer
4: is doing hot yoga every day then okay.
2: <laughs> there should be that sounds delightful seriously actually. like
3: you can't think a single bad thought after doing hot yoga
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's take a I'm listen to. Tired. Uh, You're de- ma- tired. <laughs> That's the <laughs> reason. Seriously. Let's take a listen to "Make You Feel My Love," uh, performed by Leah Michelle. Originally written by Bob Dylan. Uh, this is Leah Michelle. Make you feel my love here on the Gleeho Podcast. Make
1: you feel my love when the evening shadows and the stars appear, and there's no one there to drive. I could hold you for a million years to make you feel my love. I know you haven't made your mind up yet, but I would never I go hungry, I go black and blue I go crawling down the avenue No, there's nothing that I wouldn't do To make you feel my
2: love I kept being like, I'm just going to fade that one out <laughs> like Yeah, this sounds a little different this was than hard. the
3: one that they played on the, this it's sounds,
5: the
3: it, like, oh, well, maybe it's just not watching her, um, uh, uh, emote. It, 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 this one sounds more composed, more studio mm. performed. I,
4: I, I know, I hate to be critical about anything about this scene, but I, I, I wish so bad that the song she did instead of the song... Was "Can't Buy This Feeling"? So bad, I wanted to do that song.
2: I, I just, right I mean, there. that would be such a big, that would be almost silly though, like because they'd have to redress it as a ballad. I mean, it's already like a rock ballad or whatever, but um, pianoify it, lower the tempo. I, I yeah I don't I don't know that it would work. I mean it, it was a little strange that the character said they this was the first song they sang in the car and it's not a song we've ever heard before. Like if she had done, you know, a song that we'd heard them do together well, it well, might have been a little more.
4: Well, see see now you're making me think that it should got should have gone another way of a like a mellow minor key version Pianoified, "You're the one that I want" is now in my head. <laughs> that would be silly, though.
3: See, I no, like...
4: would it be silly? Not if, not if you believe it. Not if, <laughs> not if it's not silly to the one performing. It, it ain't silly.
3: And, and the fact that we didn't hear them perform this together, I, I like because I feel like you know we're getting a glimpse into. You know, uh, another side of Finn and Rachel that we didn't see. And who knows, maybe it was even an actual thing that, you know, Leah and Corey shared together. I know,
2: I I thought about that.
3: I just, I feel like, you know what? It doesn't all have to be on screen for it to be real. And I think that, you know, if, if, if Rachel and Finn share this moment and, come on. <laughs> we know that when they were driving in a car together, she was singing regardless. And, you know, like even at the end when she's like, I still talk to him and it's kind of like, you know, when we first started dating and I just talked and he, he nodded and didn't say anything and, you know, it's just like that. And it's like, you know, that's, you know, that's so possible and so real and it just makes them more of an actual Loving couple that you know, like you don't see every instance, and and I and I liked that.
2: Yeah, I mean this, I I thought they used Leah really perfectly in this episode. This was one thing that I really didn't have any complaints about bringing her in quite late. I thought. Kind of like if she was there all the time, it would have been really distracting. It would have been the Rachel um, show. It would have been the Rachel show. They brought her I mean, in.
4: We already had three seasons of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> they,
2: they really only included her in two scenes. Um, her scene with with Mr. Schuster was so heartbreaking. And I just loved her. You know, I always had this plan that I was going to make it big on Broadway. And then when the time came, I'd come back and he'd be teaching here and I'd walk in and we'd be happily ever and that was such a perfect little story because I kind of feel it's what the writers had planned as well but it was such a perfect little story and then when he said, when Mr. Schuster said, did you tell him and she said he knew and I was like, he did, I mean, he he did know like that's, it was one of those things where it's like he, he knew before she knew He always knew, and and that's why it worked. And that, for me, that was my favorite moment of the episode, was that little exchange.
3: Yeah, I mean, like, he even went so far as to profess that to her when, you know, she and Emma didn't get married the first time. (laughs) You know, that night, you know, when they were at the hotel, and, you know, they were just together, and she said something he's like no it's you and me like this is the way it's gonna be and i don't know the other thing that i feel was almost too personal that i don't think it was like really the writers like i don't think it was a rachel finn thing i think it was more of a leah Corey thing when she just you know said he's my person and i just like that yeah there's such a beautiful sentiment that was
2: tough too uh yeah, all that stuff. I mean, the, the, the plaque I thought was quite was quite sweet as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to say. I just thought it was really okay. nice.
3: Okay, the only thing I have to say about the plaque, and I love... Oh, you didn't like the picture. So, no, <laughs> I, I, I love the saying, and it's like, you know, the show must go on and away, or like whatever. Yeah, forward really, or something. Or something, yeah. <laughs> but the picture, he has this odd, awkward glare, like... Or this gaze off to the side, and it just looks like the same expression of the picture of the woman who ran the Glee Club before show, yeah, and I was like i I mean maybe that was sweet and intentional. I don't know, it was just a little <laughs> distracting to me, and he's just you know he's he's you know such a strong, handsome person that it was. I was like, okay, this has to be intentional.
2: <laughs> well, let's um, let's take a listen to a couple of voicemails. We got a ton of voicemails. Um, I want to try to get his... Uh, well, I think we're just going to play all of them because everybody had some pretty nice things to say. Um, so buckle up. <laughs> We've got some voicemails to play here. Let's start off the top.
10: Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. Listener, Sammy here. Long time no see. Well, I wish I was calling on a happier episode, but, you know, we all knew this was coming. Uh, I have to say, I think they did a fantastic job, um, made me cry a little too much, but I really appreciate the way that they handled it, um, felt very, very realistic, um, and it was very much kind of followed along my experience in the same situation. I feel like they did a really good job kind of covering the entire spectrum of grief and how different people deal with things differently. I really didn't have much of a complaint about the whole thing and wow when was the last time that happened so um anyways i just thought i'd i'd ring in i hope everybody's doing well my love to everybody in the lethal podcast fan, family uh and i would say i can't wait to hear what you guys think but you know i know we're overall thinking about the same thing right now all right bye
2: thank you sammy uh here's listener emily
0: Hey, Josh and Ed, this is Listener Emily. My three-word review is, it was perfect. The songs, the performances, I thought they were just perfect. When I watched it the first time, I was with a friend, so I did a pretty good job, I think, of keeping everything together. But then I came home and logged on Tumblr, which was a bad idea, and then I watched it again. And I found that three scenes really kind of did me in. The first one was the one between Bert and Kurt and Carol. Just what Carol was saying about losing a child. I mean, her delivery was amazing, but it really got to me. And then when Rachel was singing her song, just the way that she was emoting and the way the camera would just stay on her and then feel the reaction of the audience, that just got to me. I found the one that really hit me the most was the one with Rachel and Mr. Sue where she was talking about her plans with Finn. And it struck me that it wasn't so much Rachel as Leah talking. I mean, take out Lima and put in Vancouver, and that probably was their plan. So just a, a brilliant episode, hard to watch, but that really knocked us out of the park. Hope you guys have a great night. Enjoy listening to the podcast. Bye.
2: Thank you, listener Emily. Yeah. Uh, here is, uh, we have listener Chantal.
10: Hey, Josh, Jen, and Ed. This is Chantal from Ontario, Canada. I'm a first time caller, long time listener. I just have to start off by saying I don't know how anyone can get through this episode without crying at some point. It was so touching, and I thought it was a really good, fitting tribute to Corey and Finn. But the thing that touched me the most was Rachel saying that Finn was her person because I could relate to her because I lost the love of my life really young. But the music in this episode was absolutely amazing. All of the original cast members being the ones to sing was one of the best parts about the episode. And we finally got Seasons of Love. Anyway, I love the podcast. The show must go all over the place or something. Bye.
2: (laughs) Thank you uh and here's an old friend uh all by herself
6: hey josh jen and ed sorry it's been such a long time but this is sarah and loneliness yes caitlin is off in new york at newsies right now so it's just me i hope you don't mind we'll get more into everything and our excuses for this long break next time but i am finally calling in to talk about my first episode of the season the quarterback. And it wasn't perfect, nor was it quite what I was hoping for, but I don't think anything could be for everyone. We all have our own ways of saying goodbye as demonstrated by the characters, and ultimately I liked it. Did they try to manipulate us into crying, sometimes very blatantly? Yes. Did they sing some songs I felt didn't fit, like If I Die Young, as the song is very expressly for a girl, and cut out the substance of it? Yes. Did I hate the reveal that shoe not only made Puck feel bad about the jacket, but that he was the culprit himself, which made hate I didn't want to experience spring out and find the situation creepy? Yes. Did I have nitpicks, like every song being the same, with everyone magically joining in at the end? Of course they knew the words. <laughs> Sam's hair. Why Quinn wasn't there when especially Mike was? The hook magically on the wall as if it had just been waiting for weeks for that photo of And wondering how the kids with their lockers around the memorial got their stuff for three weeks? But did I cry with Bert and Carol? Yes. Did I clutch my heart during Mr. Shoe's breakdown at the end? Yes. Did I want to hug each and every single person in that choir room? Yes. Did they show how important Finn and by extension Corey were? That was a resounding yes. And as a final note, I have been waiting for four years for them to sing Seasons of Love on the show. And I cannot think of a better moment such a song was meant for than this. Corey deserved that song. It, it was almost in the stars. So I think this episode was beautiful and necessary in every way. And I think glee for it. But now it's time to look forward as the show must go all over the place. <laughs> or something. Bye.
2: Well, let's... uh <laughs> Go to some place. <laughs> right,
7: here we go. Hey and Ed, this is Blake from Milwaukee, longtime listener. Um, don't have too much to say about this episode except that um, I don't think I've cried that much during a show. Um, probably ever. To be honest with you, I was really emotionally distraught, especially when you're seasons of love and fire and rain. I that's kind of a song that always makes me cry and their version made it even worse. Um, but I'm kind of glad they're taking a month off. I don't think anyone can really deal with anything after this one. Um, have a good vacation, and, um, I'm listening. Have a, good, have a good one. Bye.
2: Thanks, Blake. Um, uh, here we got a little Jerry's Baby, nine five six eight. 8? Hi,
0: Gleebo, Joey's Baby, 956 here. Six. Just calling
5: in on the Quarterback, the Tribute episode. Um, I just got off of watching the episode a second time, and... I'll say again when I said the first time I watched it I thought this episode was absolutely the best tribute that they could have done for um for, for Finn and for Corey and I thought it was absolutely perfect I thought every song choice was absolutely fitting and gorgeous and just amazing and um all the actors I think really I'm very very impressed and very very proud of to be a fan of the show with the um the way that they used their scenes and the way that they worked it and the, especially like what Sam, uh, well Santana Naya had like all those scenes with Sue and everything and I thought those were really brilliant and um, God Romy who plays Carol oh my God like don't even get me started because that just the first time I think I was watching it with friends but I didn't really catch it as much like that didn't affect me as much but when I watched it just now, like, I broke down watching that because I can't even imagine, like, that's just so hard. And, like, Puck, I was so glad Puck and Beast got scenes together because their scenes together in season three were so brilliant, and I thought that this was just, uh, they were spectacular together, and, and Puck's line in particular, because I don't think if I start that I'll ever, ever be able to stop. I thought that was just so well written so well written and I thought it was just perfect and um I loved the humor and the little flashbacks to Finn like talking about like him singing to the sonogram and like oh god (laughs) his um his talent for kicking chairs I thought that was brilliant and um I just I just thought it was perfect and like Leah oh my god I am once again, I'm so impressed by her and her talent and her, how strong she is for coming back and doing that. And like, I thought, not so much them talking about like Finn and Rachel's future and what it might have been had the show continued, that didn't affect me as much. But Rachel saying, or and I felt like it was Leah saying in that scene with Mr. Shu, like, I can still see him and I can still hear his, like, what if one day I forget that? <laughs> and that killed me. Like, that just, that did, That's one of the things that did me in, and shoe with the jacket, let's just, oh, I cried the entire episode, let's just put it that way, and it was not easy, and um, just, it was so good. Um, I, yeah, I don't really know what to say, but um, I'll be listening to you tonight. Um, oh, thank
2: oh, you. Sorry, cut I off. You got cut off there at the end. Uh, let's see, we got a couple short ones here. Here's Alexis.
9: Hi guys, it's Alexis again. I'm just calling to say what I thought about the Corey tribute and I was like, they're going to be strived in these words, heartbreaking, incredible, and perfect. Look forward to hearing the podcast. Bye.
2: And listener Haley. Hey, Josh,
0: Jen and Ed, it's Haley. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to talk about this episode without crying, so I just thought I'd mention one of my favorite aspects of it, and that was that they took the new kids, they gave them, like, the first ten seconds, and then they just pushed them to the side, and we didn't really see them much at all this episode, and I thought that was so appropriate and necessary, and thank you, Ryan Murphy, which is not something that I say a lot, so thank you, Ryan Murphy, for doing that, because...
6: It just needed to be done, and especially in this episode.
0: And I hope you guys are doing well, and stay high to California for me. All right, I'll talk to you later.
3: Bye. Hope you're doing well in the cold out (laughs) there. It's cold here, so it's probably even colder there.
2: (laughs) I'm sure it is. Uh, And here's a little, um, uh, when I was in jury duty, Haley tweeted me and said, uh, uh, Hey, my dad's in jury duty. If you see a guy named Jeff, and I I said, Hey, (laughs) should I just walk around saying, are you Jeff Roses? That's funny if you know. Wow. And, uh, and you here's... get
3: disqualified from any
2: jury. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's Typo.
9: Hi, guys. It's Typo. I kind of feel obligated to be my usual snarky self and point out all the flaws in the episode. But I don't want to. Instead, I want to defend most of those flaws. And celebrate the episode's raw qualities that help make it real. <clears throat> Tina and Emma's seemingly throwaway scene slash screw you to the haters explains where I'm not going to nitpick. When to stop talking. It's not about you. <laughs> because it's not. This week was about remembering Cory Monty and the character he gave life to. Finn Hudson. In 20 years, when TV landed doing a reunion with all the otherwise unemployed members of the cast, <laughs> old fans will be asked to recall their favorite songs and moments from glee. And this episode will be high on that list. From the acting to the aching musical performances, the quarterback will go down as one of glee's greatest episodes. Peace, Corey. You will well run.
2: And uh, we got uh, we got all all the all the old guys came out for this one. Here's Irish Mike.
7: Hi, Josh Jen and Ed. it is Lucianer, Irish Irish Mike 15 calling in with my depressing morbid thoughts after the quarterback. It's been a while since I watched Lee, and I told myself that I would watch this no matter what. Finn was my favorite character even if I did this in the video of them and I wanted to remember the magic that was season one and season two and despite everything this is perfection it was the most beautiful tribute that I could have pictured without Renee or Quinn or Diana, whoever you want to call her that even though she couldn't be there it was still a beautiful tribute I loved Every performance, all the actors were perfect in their roles. And I don't want to hear anyone do it. Because it's a tribute to someone who did it far too soon. And it doesn't deserve to be dissed because Blaine didn't get a solo or Marley didn't get a line. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that from anyone, any fan, any uh, people who hated this show. I just wanna I want it to be respected for what it deserves. And I want us to remember Chloe for what he was. Thanks, so and I'll be listening
2: to the podcast. Thanks, Mike. That's um, really nice. So, yeah, uh, I, I, think, I think that's – that's. I think I'm going to cut it there. Uh, there's a couple more, but um, we've been going for like 15 minutes. So I just want to thank, thank you to the couple people we weren't able to get to. Uh, Thomas, who left two voicemails and then told me not to play either of them. Uh, but, uh, Thomas is, uh, a man of my heart because his, uh, Twitter name is Broadway Dreamer. And And your middle name is Thomas. And and my middle name is Thomas. And theater knitter, Nicole Marie, uh, Maria. And I think there was one more. So I apologize. We weren't able to get to everything, but, um, that's about... Oh, oh, so a couple little things that I noticed in the episode before we go. Um, it opens with a, a quote from Kurt, uh, where Kurt says, What do you say about a 19-year-old who died? Which is a quote from Love Story. So I thought that was really interesting to open with a That's quote opens, from Love yeah. Story. Um, and then uh, someone also brought this up in the uh, chat room. Um, that uh, Jane Lynch's... Uh, Jane Lynch's comment, uh, there's so much wasted potential. Yeah. just seemed like she was talking about Corey. Yeah. No, I mean, as much as she was talking about Finn. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so it was it was a sweet episode. Um, any last thoughts, Ed? Are you still there, Ed?
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm still there. I'm still here. I, was, I just needed myself a voicemail so I didn't oh. ruin them at all. Um, I'm, I, I got the thing... Nothing particularly. I've I said a lot of things
2: already. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and Jennifer, any last thoughts before we go?
3: No, I, I I think we I think we said it all. And I mean, just like a big thank you to the the writers and everybody involved in putting that show together because. It's what I needed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it was it was a fearless episode of television, and it's been a while since we had a fearless episode of yeah. So, I really appreciate that. We were talking about, you and I were talking about last night, um, other episodes of TV that made us cry oh, for being sad, uh, or like, not happy tears. Right. Uh, I was saying there was an episode of Different Strokes where uh, Arnold and his friend like, made a mistake and they blamed it on a mentally challenged janitor and then he got fired (laughs) and I sobbed when I saw that. And then, of course, the episode of Scrubs Scrubs. where Brendan Fraser dies was, I mean, that that episode was just murder. Ed, did you have one? The, the, the,
4: the, The episode of television that I most cry at is is mid-season three Downton Abbey. I cannot. <laughs> I, am, I,
9: I Josh still hasn't do seen not it. accept seen Josh that. hasn't yeah. seen
3: it. Oh, and by the way, I I, I I, get the impression you're somehow watching season four and I appreciate that so yeah, far... Yeah, you need to stop no, tweeting no, about... No, 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 I appreciate that so far... I didn't say any
2: spoilers. No, that's what I'm
3: saying. I appreciate that you have not given away any details just... Just, just know that some of us aren't ready for the emotional rollercoaster. <laughs> but no, I, I see, do see, recognize. I, I just
4: simply said the Countess says it like it is. I mean oh, that's true of that's, all that's, seasons. That's true
3: of episode one, season one. No, I. But I'm it's saying funny. thank you. I'm saying thank you. Thank you.
4: Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> thank you, you for being that. spoiler that. But, free. but they're, they're, there is a certain character death in season no, three. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I did not say it. That brings me to tears. And I, oh, even when I rewatch it.
3: Even when I rewatch it. No, no, now, re-watch uh, so, I know, no okay. seriously, so much of season three. I think even the first episode had me crying. So.
2: Oh, my God. Okay, last season of Parenthood, when Monica Potter, after she got diagnosed with cancer and she was going through chemo and she taught Max how to dance. Like, oh, my God. That was like songs is, is and I watched that at work should I, should I watch Parenthood I watch is Parenthood amazing is... Parenthood is the most underrated show on TV because I, I know real it has Lauren Graham
4: TV. so I love me some Lauren Graham so by default I should be watching it's it it's
2: fantastic
4: I, I watched a terrible movie with her and Chandler from Friends because she was in it, <laughs> what, was it? What, was, what was that movie I don't it was terrible it's the only
3: movie I've, I've ever seen liked. her in was Bad Santa I just, I remember and she that. was naughty
2: well, um, if you'd like to weigh in on anything we said tonight, you can email us at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can find the website, which is at gleefulpodcast.com. I uh, can find us on Twitter at gleefulpodcast. I'm at Josh Burnell She's at Jenny B. Creative. He's at Edward Giordano. And you can find us on the Facebook page. Just go to Facebook and search for Gleeful Podcast. Uh, we'll be back in... Four weeks, I think weeks, it is. Yeah, yeah uh, after the we're playoffs.
4: not going to record at all in the next. Well,
2: four we're weeks.
3: away for two.
2: Yeah, we'll be away for two, so no, we'll yeah, try no, to I'm get one. Halloween. Means... I mean, I... like,
4: okay, we could be back in three weeks, or we could be back in four weeks.
3: Right. <laughs> Let's <laughs> well, shoot for three. Let's just shoot for a pre-show show. I mean, no, I'm sure. That.
4: The, I'm sure by that point we're going to get more details about the the Glamberts.
3: We can talk. We can talk. The about. Glambert. You know, engagements and in
4: other
2: reality paying shows. paying
4: gigs since he's American Idol Season 9, <laughs> <laughs> or,
2: or whatever it is. <laughs> well, for the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen.
4: Uh, thank you to all who have been listening. I've been seeing us rise in iTunes charts, which is in no small part because of Glee's awesome most recent episode. So thank you very much to all the listeners.